I'm Shelley Schlender. This is How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show. Today is Tuesday, January 16th, 2018. Coming up, we'll hear why Roger the Barber has a fragrance-free business. On the label, the word fragrance necessarily means chemical fragrance. We'll also learn why CU environmental engineer Shelley Miller says your health might benefit from going fragrance-free. Most of us as, as Americans think, oh, somebody's watching out for me. Somebody's making sure the chemicals that I use every day are safe. And that is not the case at all. <laughs> Nobody's watching out for you. We begin with a look at some of the recent news in science. Did you know that 8% of your human DNA comes from viruses? For years, scientists thought this remnant DNA didn't do anything. But a study published last week in the journal Cell reveals a function that is literally mind-boggling. The research team at the University of Utah was studying vesicles, small bits of cell membrane that cells use as wrapping paper to enclose stuff to be moved about through the body. Nerve cells release vesicles containing a gene called ARC. The vesicles then move to neighboring cells, allowing crucial connections between nerve cells in the brain. Now, here's the weird thing about ARC. It has a DNA sequence a lot like a viral gene. Viruses use this DNA sequence to build protective shells called capsids that transport the virus's genetic material between cells during infection. When the researchers looked at ARC in a powerful microscope, it was benefiting more complex cells by making crucial nerve cell connections. This suggests that a lot of our high-level nervous system function depends on DNA instructions that our bodies have co-opted from ancient viruses. Mark your end-of-the-month calendar for the family-friendly CU Wizards. CU Wizards are monthly talks that explain science in a lively way for families with children aged 5 to 13. The next CU Wizard Talk is January 27th. It features one of CU Boulder's beloved Nobel laureate professors, Eric Cornell. Cornell will talk about speed, everything from the fastest thing ever seen to the best way to observe a very slow pet. For more information about this January 27th event, Google CU Wizards. Coming up this Thursday, the Denver Science Museum invites adults to their science lounge with cocktails and mind-expanding science. This Thursday, the topic is Crappy New Year. At this Thursday's Science Lounge, you can learn about coprolites, that's fossil poop, animal scat, and how our human digestive system manufactures excrement. You can also get the facts on water sanitation with the global nonprofit Water for People. This Thursday evening Science Lounge at the Denver Science Museum starts at 6.30. I'm Shelley Schlender, and this is How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show. If you have ever breathed in the smell of baking bread or buried your nose in spring apple blossoms, if you've ever crushed a mint leaf, you know the powerful wonder of natural fragrance. Synthetic fragrances and fragrance enhancers often come from petrochemicals. Things like coal. They present chemicals in concentrated combinations that are not found in nature and often not tested for their effects on human health. But there are effects. According to research published in the journal Air Quality, Atmosphere, and Health, one in three people in the U.S. experiences adverse health effects 
such as migraine headaches and respiratory difficulties from synthetic fragrance exposure. Many people report that the longer they're around synthetic fragrances, the more sensitive they become. So, think of barbers. We tend to think of barbers as carefree, but it's a rigorous profession, and most barbers work around shampoos, colognes, shaving creams, all often filled with artificial fragrances. One of the people who have had adverse reactions to synthetic fragrances is Boulder's Roger the Barber, here giving a haircut to Bob. So the usual, Bob. The usual, make me beautiful. <laughs> you wouldn't think that this much work could possibly go into a hair this short, and that's a little sparse on top. This is what I tell people. It's like the thinner your hair gets, the more complicated it is to make it perfect. It's all lighting after 40. <laughs> Bob and Roger say that during haircuts, they usually talk about work and vacations and hair. Today, they'll talk about artificial fragrances. On the label, the word fragrance necessarily means chemical fragrance. It used to mean a more general term, a substance that makes things smell good, but now the word fragrance on a, on a label. I don't know if the petrochemical industry literally owns the word or if it's just effectively. Sometimes they call it parfum, that's also, it doesn't, you know, pretending they're French. Yeah. Roger gets out his buzz clippers and keeps talking. These days, even the expensive perfumes are made from chemicals. They are not made. I wonder if anywhere, like in the south of France, for instance, they still make things from extracts of plants and animals the way it used to be done oh, I'm sure they before do. they figured out how to make it toxic. I was on the EPA's website the other day getting some uh, m more specific information confirming that what I knew was that some of these chemicals are indeed classified as toxic waste. Why toxic? Why does everything have to be toxic? Roger the Barber says that the label fragrance-free is what tells him that a product such as laundry detergent or dishwashing detergent is safe for him. But to buy those products at affordable costs, sometimes he goes into stores that are loaded with artificial fragrances. Well, I had a horrible week, as I was telling Shelly. I get out of the car in the parking lot at Target, and I'm like, oh, God, I can smell people's laundry already. And it's rather amazing. Or King Supers or anywhere. Yeah. And the pair of pants I was wearing just from walking around in Target, got so smelly that I have to wash them because they smell like laundry just from walking around in it. Chemical sensitivities nearly led Roger the barber to quit being a barber. Then he opened his own shop. Now he works with clients who appreciate a fragrance-free environment, like Bob. He's very innately fragrance-free. I don't smell anything on you. Well, I don't think it's about any effort. The detergent we use for washing clothes isn't, um, you know, it's whatever, the clear or whatever. So it doesn't have any kind of chemical scent on it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, soap's just like Dove, whatever, kind of body soap. Well, I, don't, soap. I don't smell anything on you. Mm -hmm. Well, my first client this morning, yeah. You know, he thought, like most people, that if he stopped using whatever uh, his wife uses, four days ago that that would be enough. Now people think if you just don't use fragrance, if you have a problem, you just don't use it and everything's fine. But uh, they're so ubiquitous. And as people get more desensitized over time, they don't realize that it's just as strong as, like their laundry is just as strong as 
perfume and that it doesn't come off. Uh, not, not soon anyway. Uh, it takes about six months for something to stop smelling after it's been uh, fragranced up. Article of clothing, for instance. My dad used to wear menin. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, gives me a headache thinking about it. Bob asked Roger what products he thinks of as fragrance-free, and Roger says he has some favorites that he posts to his website. He adds that his fragrance-free preferences lead to some unexpected choices, such as the product Roger the Barber uses to wash Bob's hair. It's mm-hmm. not a shampoo. It's a soap used to clean kitchen counters. This is actually BioGreen Clean, which I use on myself every day. Degrease your Bob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I use on myself every day. Otherwise, I wouldn't be so confident about using it for shampoo. But it's the most clean rinsing thing I've ever encountered in my life. And it's in its pure strength. It's about as strong as 409. But uh, this is like that commercial where Madge tells the woman that her hands are soaking in palm olive. Don't worry, it's palm olive. I feel like I Roger, you put freaking 409 in my hand? <laughs> Greaser? <laughs> For me, it leaves my hair feeling very nice, although it's an inch long, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know if uh, what it would do to long hair. One more. Uh, even my, my friend Liz said that she now knows somebody who's just as sensitive as I am. I think even she wasn't sure that it was real until she knew somebody else. With, with her friend, it's even worse because she can't stand cigarettes. I, can't, I don't really care. I don't like the smell of cigarettes, but it doesn't, it doesn't give me a headache mm-hmm. like, uh, like that. Just about there. All right. All right. I'll see you again soon. Okay, take care. Have a good day. See you, Raj. Bye. We've been talking with Roger the Barber about why he switched from working in a regular barber shop to starting his own business, which is fragrance-free. I'm Shelley Schlender. This is How on Earth. People assume their homes and offices have clean and healthful air, but many fragrances used in perfumes and cleaning products have not been tested for their health effects, and sometimes they're not really safe. That's a reason CU Boulder is a campus that promotes a fragrance-free initiative. The mission of the initiative is, and I quote, to create a comfortable work environment for all by encouraging staff and visitors to minimize their use of products containing fragrance. The fragrance chemicals within these products can cause adverse health effects or discomfort for others, unquote. Up next, we talk about chemical sensitivities with CU environmental engineer Shelley Miller. Shelley Miller teaches classes at CU about chemical toxins and consumer products. I do research and teach in urban air pollution, and part of my work is focusing on indoor environments. And I like to study the air pollutants that people are exposed to in buildings, uh, one of which happens to be some air toxics related to semi-volatile organic compounds, of which fragrances can be part of that contaminant mixture. Well, Shelley Miller... Most people think that indoor air is pretty clean. I don't actually agree, unfortunately. I just think most people are unaware of the contaminants that exist in their home and in their indoor air. The thing about artificial fragrances are they can mask a lot of chemicals that are carcinogens or hormone disruptor, endocrine disrupting chemicals. 
chemical I'm most concerned about um, is the phthalates class of chemicals in fragrances. What is a phthalate and why is it a problem? Phthalates are chemicals that are added to make plastic flexible and pliable and bendable. So if you have a plastic water bottle that you can squeeze and it bends, it probably has phthalates in it. It's very useful, but they add it to fragrances to encapsulate the smell so that it lasts longer in the environment, so that you have the smell for longer. And so that's one of the reasons you may find it in fragrances. Well, does that mean in laundry detergent, in long-lasting cologne, in deodorant, if those have fragrances, could they be encapsulated in phthalates? Yes, they could be. Are they listed as carcinogens on any environmental protection lists? There is some research that indicates there may be potential carcinogenic effects, like liver cancer, um, but I... I haven't looked up its, cla its current classification according to the International Agency for Research on Cancer, but that's where you would go to find out what its current classification is. Yet it's a concern to you, the phthalates, whether they're on that list or not. Yes, because of the endocrine-disrupting nature of the phthalate, which means it really can disrupt the hormone, the, the exquisite balance of the hormone system in your body that can then cause things like asthma and eczema in kids. It can cause um, femini feminizing properties in, in humans. It can decrease sperm counts and cause a whole host of things related to your hormone system. We've seen exposure data that shows phthalates in bodies of children and adults, and there have been studies linking phthalates in the environment to cases of asthma in children, for example. So there are studies that show phthalates in your environment have been linked to health effects, and then in animal studies as well. I talked with Roger the Fragrance-Free Barber here in Boulder, he thinks a lot of people think he's nuts for being concerned about fragrances. Oh, no, I think he's right on. I think it's a really important concern for the everyday consumer to think about, do they have to have a fragrant product? Um, I think it's really important. I think you see lots of people that are chemically sensitive being impacted by fragrances, but the average healthy adult is not... It's not obvious to them that they may have health effects, and yet, you know, it is a long, it could be a long-term problem for them down the road, for example. And I think, I think it's hard to find products without fragrances, and you cannot buy an unscented product because unscented products have fragrances in it to mask other fragrances so that you don't smell anything. What you really need to find is something called fragrance-free fragrant-free, not just unscented, because you, you can see that those kinds of chemicals still, kinds of products still have chemicals in them. Is that a growing field, fragrance-free products? It is. I think that you can find what you need. It may only be one or two brands. For example, just recently I decided I really wanted a fragrant-free deodorant. You know, at Target, there's a huge aisle of deodorants, and I found one that was fragrant-free, uh, which I then purchased. But, you know, you can find one or two, and I think it's really important for, for chemically sensitive people to have that option, and then the rest of us should look into it as well. 
why should someone look into this if they don't think they're personally chemically sensitive? Down the road, as you get older, you may be impacted by, um, by these exposures that then you traced back to when you were a kid or when you were um, a healthy adult. And so I think, I think just as a preventative measure to keep us healthy, we should really be concerned. And also when you have kids showing up, I mean, I think the exposure to the kids is particularly concerning because their um, immune system is developing, their endocrine system is developing, and if they get these exposures while that development is happening, it could, um, it could wreak havoc with what's going on. Roger the Barber, who wants to be fragrance-free, says that sometimes if people come in to see him and they switch their detergent for their laundry a month ago, he can still smell the chemicals from their perfumed laundry in their clothes. It's because these chemicals are what we call semi-volatiles, meaning they're, they are sometimes in a solid form and sometimes in a gas form, and they, they evaporate and then they condense, and so they can stick around for a long time. It's, it's similar to when you, this happened to me recently, when you rent a car that was originally rented by a smoker. You can smell the odor from the smoking a long time after the smoker is not in the environment anymore because the chemicals are semi-volatile and they're, they're not evaporating very quickly. And you can also smell the chemicals that were used to try to hide that Yeah, smell. you can. Roger the barber also told me that barbers and hairdressers have an especially high risk of becoming chemically sensitive because they're around so many perfumed products. Does that make sense? It does make sense, yes. I've, I've talked to a number of people who have had that happen to them, anecdotally at least, so it does make sense. And there's a, there are some research to show that um, hairdressers or nail salon people have a, are at a higher risk for certain health problems. Roger has described feeling lousy, having no energy, and also headaches. Those are sort of more along the lines of central nervous system effects, and we sometimes associate central nervous system effects with volatile organic compounds, so solvents and those kinds of things, which are present in, in hair products because you need, for example, hair coloring. You, you, it's a solvent that dissolves the color into the liquid that's applied to your hair, and then the solvent evaporates. So those kinds of uh, health effects also happen a lot in that kind of industry. And nail salons, for example, you try to, you have to take the nail polish off and then put it back on. There's solvents everywhere. <laughs> and these quite often, these chemicals that are the artificial fragrances, what are they made out of? Oh, goodness. Well, it's hard to tell because they're not, they don't need to be the the chemicals in the ingredients don't need to be explained to the consumer because they've been, um, so it's just categorized as fragrance, but a lot, there's hundreds of chemicals. Do a lot of these chemicals come not from a plant where the smell was extracted, like from lavender or vanilla, but instead from coal or gas that some of the fragrances that we have, some of the ways to encapsulate those come from fossil fuels. We use a lot of petrochemicals to make a lot of chemicals, like, a, you know, the chemical manufacturing 
details are um, are not something I'm completely familiar with, but we use a lot of petrochemicals to then manufacture other chemicals. So definitely I could see you know that you could trace back the source to be from 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 petrochemical sources. I gather that you're less concerned about what the original source is and more concerned that whatever the source when these chemicals get concentrated to be used in these ways to make a long-lasting fragrance, right? there's some issues with how they interact with our biology. Yeah, that's my biggest concern, is how these um, chemicals, and we call them environmental toxins. And one of the best places to find out about it, the environmental toxins that you are exposed to every day is at the website sixclasses.org. There's six classes, and one of them is phthalates and BPA, and you'll see on there the discussion of fragrances and the health effects. But there are five other classes that we all should be aware of. It never stops. No, it never does stop. (laughs) Why do you suppose it is that the Food and Drug Administration is so attentive to our pharmaceutical drugs being of a certain way, but when it comes to things like fragrances in industrial products, there's so much relaxation about what they do and what they are. Yeah, I think that is such a great question. I mean, I, I don't know, because I think most of us as, as Americans think, oh, somebody's watching out for me. Somebody's making sure that the chemicals that I use every day are safe. And that is not the case at all. <laughs> Nobody's watching out for you. But you think we can watch out for ourselves? I think that that's why we need significant education, and we can watch out for ourselves. I mean, I taught a class this fall called Toxins in the Environment, and I had 24 freshmen in my class, and we went over the six classes, and we talked about what you can do, and we reviewed the science, and and the students at the end of the class said, I know what I'm going to try to do now to be able to keep myself healthier and avoid these exposures, and that was the point of the class. And um, so I think we all have to take responsibility for educating ourselves. And what are those six things you would say? Oh, boy, now you're going to ask me to name them all. Here's right? the quiz, yes. <laughs> well, we have phthalates and BPA, and that's the plasticizers, and those fragrances associated with that. Then you have highly fluorinated chemicals. Those are things like Teflon, and those are the things that make your clothes water-resistant or your carpet stain-resistant. Then you have solvents, so those are things like benzene and um, things like um, formaldehyde. And then you have flame retardants, which are a whole other problem to keep, quote, your furniture from the, 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 the foam in your furniture from combusting. And that's really toxic. And then you have some certain metals, like arsenic and mercury. And then we have one more, which I knew I would forget. <laughs> Oh, I know, antimicrobials. That's another problem. We don't want those in our environment either. Okay, so antimicrobials, that means when you see bacteria killing foam, soap, don't use it. No, don't use that. Unless you're in the ICU, in the intensive care unit. Yeah, hospitals are a whole other issue, keeping those infection-free. But, yeah, you don't need antimicrobials in your home. Flame retardants, you really don't want those in a child's crib mattress, and you don't want them in your children's pajamas. Exactly. Or in your couch, which um, 
you can now get couches and foam furniture that don't have them in them. And you don't really need fragrances that are artificial in your environment because they're not the kind that interact well with most people's biology. Yep, the kinds of fragrances that have these toxic chemicals in them are especially of concern. There's a movement here at CU Boulder. Well, yes, we have a strong advocate for fragrance-free environments here at CU Boulder, Ori Gartner, and he has, um, he has a program called Thrive, and he is trying to find spaces on campus where, that we can say are fragrance-free, because there are a number of students and faculty and staff that need this. So he's been able to get more and more spaces to agree to be fragrant-free, which is really great. And how do you do that? How do you have a fragrant-free space? Well, you have to work with the folks who clean the space to make sure they're using fragrant-free chemicals. Uh, you have to work, you have to put signage up, and you have to make sure that the people that are coming to that space regularly know not to put on perfume, and you have to especially work with the cleaning staff to make sure that they're using the appropriate chemicals. I'm trying to buy more fragrant-free things. It's hard. Um, I make sure I always, you know, cook with my hood stove on. Um, I try to use the natural fragrant-free cleaning products. I don't go get my nails done anymore. <laughs> I mean, you know, just the little things can still help. We've been speaking with Shelley Miller, an environmental engineer at CU Boulder, who teaches classes on how to reduce exposure to potentially hazardous chemicals and fragrances that are commonplace today in consumer products. That's all for this edition of How on Earth. Our executive producer is Susan Moran. This week's show was produced and engineered by me. Additional contributions by Beth Bennett. Our theme music was written and produced by Josh Cutler. Additional music from local and national barbershop quartets. Visit our website at howonearthradio.org to find past episodes, extended interviews, and you can subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Questions or comments? Call the KGNU comment line at 303-447-9911. For How on Earth... The KGNU Science Show. I'm Shelley Schlender. 